The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And you've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to be joined in 15 minutes by Dan Leach. We're going to head out there to the great state of Michigan. Going to tie a little bit of a bow around the NFL season and turn it forward to what we might be getting in 2024. Taking a little bit of a look at the Lions, taking a little bit of a look at the Chargers as well. So we're going to have some fun talking with Dan in about 15 minutes. We're going to get you guys my DK Network right up if you miss it in hour number two again in 45 minutes. So we got you guys covered there. And the beer review bracket is now in the round of 32. We've got March Madness and we got Madness with regards to these beer reviews as well. We got our first match, a final from the round of 32, and one brewery has been able to clinch your spot in the Sweet 16. We're going to be hitting that up in about 45 minutes as well, but all along the way, you got to get you guys some college basketball picks and winners as well. This is a tremendous Tuesday that we've got in college basketball and lots of opportunities to be able to make some money. So how about if we start things off in the Big 12? This is 639, 640 on the betting board. Baylor going to be playing us Oklahoma. Oklahoma is an underdog of six half points and total on game it is 143. This is down from the opener of 145 and it's an interesting spot because you've got a Baylor team that when they were out of conference they were the number one team in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage. They were shooting well north of 40 percent from the outside. That's what a little bit colder here in conference and now they do have to go up against a legit top 10 team in all of college basketball in terms of being able to guard the three-point arc in Oklahoma, but it's been an Oklahoma team that they themselves have been a little bit wobbly recently as well, so it's going to be a little bit of circumstance if something's got to give. Matter of fact, for Baylor, shot north of 41.5% from three-point range in non-conference play, down to 33.2% here in conference, but this Baylor team has been able to maintain and has still been relatively solid in the Big 12 because they've actually done a really good job on the glass. This is despite the fact that they've only got one player as Baylor will give you north of 4.7 rebounds per game. Eves Massey, the six foot ten gentleman that has come in from Cameroon, he's been able to do a really good job down low for the team, and you still have good efficiency on offense. As Ray J. Dennis, Jacoby Walter, they combine for about 27 and a half points per contest. You've been able to have Dennis give you about six and a half assists per game. He does give you about three and a half turnovers per game, but a little bit of that is just due to the fact that he's got the ball in his hands so much and got an Oklahoma team that they just aren't the same team when they're in a roadside shoot recorder environment rather than at home. For Oklahoma, this has been a top 25 team with the greatest points a lot on a per possession basis, but they do give up about 11 points more per one hour possessions when they leave home rather than when they do at home, and you've got a Baylor team that they see a bump of north of 15 points, both in terms of points scored and points allowed on a per possession basis in Waco rather than when they are away from home. Now, Oklahoma they're built a little bit similarly to this Baylor team as well. Not quite as much of a flamethrower from three-point range, but you do have where this Oklahoma team 
a bunch where they're in the top 45 in terms of rebound rate, despite the fact that Jalon Moore is the only guy that gives you really north of five and a half rebounds per game. You've got a bunch that they do a relatively solid job of not turning the ball over as well. And when it comes to Oklahoma, you've been able to have Ortega away, be able to shoot about 46% from three-point range. He's been hot from distance. He and JV on McCollum have been able to combine for in that neighborhood about 27 or so points per contest. But I do think that with Baylor being a much better perimeter defense at home, Rather than away from home. Baylor, they allow you to shoot about 29 to 30% from three-point range at home in a roadside shoot record environment. This ascends north of 36%. That Baylor going to be able to do a relatively solid job of guarding in this spot, but we have seen quite a bit of a move with regards to this total as well. It opened up at 145. Now we're down to 143. Literally, my number is right in between. It at a 145, would have been looking a little bit more at the under. Now that we're down to 143, I think that we've went a little bit too far because I do think that this game is going to be snug enough for late game fouling. While Baylor, I do feel like, is a little bit of a better team. I think that both of these teams have a lot of similarities, and I do think that Oklahoma is going to be able to go on the road and keep this in close. So now that we're getting north of six, that is my buy point on Oklahoma. I'm willing to take the six half or more, like I'm seeing right now. And here at a 143, going to be taking a look at the over as well. Also out there in the Big 12, we've got ourselves a defense-oriented team that has not been quite the same when they've been on the road. 645, 646 on the begging board. BYU is going to be playing us to Central Florida. The Knights of Central Florida opened up as a 10-point underdog. Now we're finding this line pretty much 11.5 across the board. So now this game is between 143 and 143.5. Now I do think that we've gone a little bit too far with this line move. I was willing to take 11 or more with Central Florida. Now that we're getting to 11.5, I'm going to be willing to take those points, but the trepidation that you do have to have with Central Florida is that even though this team is a top 20 team, in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis this season, they just have had a pretty big diminishment with regards to their defense when they are away from home. As a matter of fact, for Central Florida, they're giving up about 18.4 points more per one hour possessions when they're away from home rather than when they are at home. Now, they do have Abrima Diallo down low. He's able to do a very solid job being able to supply two plus blocks per contest. He's able to give you five boards for a Central Florida team that has been good on the glass. Not necessarily great on the glass, but good on the glass. And they do have to go up against the BYU team that it feels like they're Noah's Ark. They've got two of everything. And they've got Dalen Smith, who's been able to supply the team with about five assists per contest. Not necessarily too much of a score. You've got Jackson Edwards, more of your off-the-ball score. He's been able to do a, or I should say Jackson Robinson. He's your off-the-ball score. He's been able to lead the team with about 13.5 points per game. But you've got seven different guys on this roster and supply with at least nine points per game. You've got Ali Khalifa, who missed a little bit of time earlier in the season, but he's got good versatility, only gives you about six points, but four and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, and then Spencer Johnson, he's able to give you three and a half assists, 11 points per game, so there's incredible depth. But this Central Florida team, they do a nice job of being able to cut you off from three-point range. They do a nice job of not allowing you to have those second chances as well. And when it comes to BYU, it does feel like some of their numbers are still built up on the fact that they did play a rather, shall we say, soft out-of-conference schedule as well. The Central Florida team, they've already proven that even though their defensive metrics do decline on the road, they were able to win at Texas. They've been a rather feisty team when they've been on the road all season long, and they're not going to make anything easy on you. A top 25 team in the country with regards to opponents' two-point shooting percentage, and then Darius Johnson being able to shoot about 37.5% from three-point range. I do think it's just enough to be able to keep Central Florida lively in this one. I did set my total at 142.5. BYU, play a little bit up-tempo, but they're not necessarily an explosive team in terms of just absolutely running it and gunning it. They're just more of a team that they do a really good job in terms of their execution as BYU currently in the top 25 nationally, both in terms of points scored and points allowed on a per-possession basis, going up against a Central Florida team that is outside the top 200 in terms of, po- uh, in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. So at the 143, 143.5, I'm diving in on the under, and I'm going to be willing to take those points with Central Flores. We are looking at the college basketball card for Tuesday right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Banking Network, and the Mountain West is going to be on full display on Tuesday as well. And the question becomes, if, for one, if you had San Diego State a few nights ago, thoughts and prayers with you there. That was a really brutal non-cover. I know that Scott Van Pelt of Bad Beats, he was... Showing that one, and rightfully so. If you lost that one against Nevada, that's rough. And now they're going to try to get you your coin back as they host Colorado State. This is 635, 636 on the card. Colorado State, and between a 5.5 to a 6-point underdog. So this game is 140, and San Diego State. It's much of what we saw from this team 
last year. San Diego State in non-conference play, they were playing a little bit too fast for their own good. And then once they got in conference, they were able to do a nice job throttling things down. They were able to get back to their nice, comfortable spot. Meanwhile, with Colorado State, this is not a team that's going to get out of sorts in terms of just looking to run it and gun it or anything like that. Colorado State, in terms of total possessions per game, they're just 283rd in the country. But this is a top 25 team in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. They do a really nice job of not beating themselves. They only turn the ball over about 10.3 times per contest. They've got Isaiah Stevens, who's one of the best guards out there in all of college basketball. North of 7 assists, north of 17 points, shoots 45.5% from 3-par-inch. Now, it's strength on strength. Colorado State, they bomb it from 3-par-inch. Top 35 team in the country with that regard. San Diego State, they guard the heck out of the arc. Top 25 team. In terms of opponents' 3-point shooting percentage, but what I think is big for San Diego State is that Lamont Butler, Longarian Trammell, two guys that played a massive role in the team being able to make the national title game a season ago, they just haven't stepped up the way that you expected them to. They're supplying a combined about 17, 17 half points per game. They shoot in the low 30s from three-point range. They just haven't been as big of factors as I thought. As it's actually Jaden Ledee and the fact that he's been able to give you about eight boards, nearly 20 points per contest has been so impactful. For San Diego State team, that is a top 100 team with regards to rebound rate. Colorado State, they're clocking in more on 200th, but unlike last season, they've got those guys that they're willing to do more of the gritty things and they're willing to go down low a little bit more. Like Joel Scott, he was over at Black Hills State College a season ago at the D2 level. He's been able to really be a stabilizer for the team. Doesn't really pop it from three, but he gives you 11 points, a block, a steal, six rebounds. That's really what the team was lacking a season ago. And then you saw Patrick Cartier, who had six foot eight, would like to see him hit the glass a little bit more and grab you some rebounds, but still, he shoots north of 40% from three-point. He's able to supply you with double figures. This team has been dealing with a few injuries to the likes of Josiah Strong and company, and these guys are back. They're doing a very solid job while for the San Diego State team. It's been all about re-sticks and waters trying to pick up for the slack that has been left by Darion Trammell along with Lamont Butler. He's been able to do a solid job being able to supply a double-figure amount of points. And even though I do think that this is going to be a low-tempo game, even though I do think that this is going to be slowed down, I do like this little over. I do think that Colorado State is going to be able to execute their offense. I do think that this is one of those classic games that is going to come down to some late-game following San Diego State has been very good in terms of their defense. 72 points for fierce runner in five out of their last six games. But I do think that Colorado State, just a little bit of a different team in terms of their offense. They don't need to play fast to be able to get points up on the board. And I do think that that's going to be taken out of this San Diego State team a little bit. One that has a big advantage down low, not so much of an advantage in the backcourt. So going to be taking a look at the over. Semi-total 142 with Colorado State. Made them a four-point underdog. So we'll take the five to five or five and a half to six I'm seeing right now coming up next. We're going to be taking a look at a little bit of football, how to put a bow on the end of the season, and looking forward to the Lions, Chargers, and so much more with Dan Leach right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Banking Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have yet to check out the all-new VSN.com, it's got a fresh new look. It's much easier to be able to access on your mobile device, be able to scroll and be able to get my handicapped college basketball lines all the easier on there as well. We've got so many great stories for now. Turn the page on the NFL season, getting you set for day-in-the-day-out NBA, NHL, and college basketball action. All that and so much more is on the all-new VSIN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by this man. As you guys know, typically I am on this show. We've only had two people ever fill in on the Greg Peterson Experience, the admirable Jeff Parles and the admirable man that is on right now with me, Dan Leach. He does tremendous work out there in the great state of Michigan. And Dan, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. You as well. Listen, I, I believe I was the first, though. So I might have been one of two, but I was the first. So that 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 means everything. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy that got to the mountaintop first. Exactly. That first name on the trophy, it is indeed Dan Leach. And, well, right now we are trying to see if there's going to be a trophy coming home to the great state of Michigan when it comes to the NFL front. As we know, it was a tremendous year for the Detroit Lions. And how do you gauge your offseason now and just the entire lay of the land in the NFC? Because... If you take a look at the early odds, the San Francisco 49ers, they are by far the clear favorite, but I think the two teams out there in the NFC North, in the Lions and the Packers, are going to have a lot to say about that. Well, listen, let's just take it from this this front right here. I did not think the lot. It was an amazing year. I got to follow, you know, I covered the team all year long, was at in San Francisco. It, he has a lifelong Lions fan, the guy that obviously started off out as a fan as a kid, but has been able to cover this team for a couple decades. It was an honor to do that and be that conduit for the fans because we have such long-suffering fans here in Detroit, Greg, as you know. But I'll tell you this. It's it's one of those things where I didn't think the Lions were ready to win a Super Bowl this year. Of course, I wasn't going to root against them doing it. I, I wanted them to, to get there, and I figured if they did get there, they'd have a great chance. And the way that first half went yesterday, I'll tell you, maybe the Lions would have been up 21-3 uh, instead of just a, you know, a, a shorter lead that San Fran left points out there on the field. But, uh, you know, when you look at the Lions – and you look at San Francisco, it's a team in the in Detroit that, that you know probably should have won the NFC title game, did it? they're going to be hungry as hell. The Niners probably should have won the Super Bowl, they did it? they're going to be hungry as hell. And you mentioned the NFC North, obviously the Lions were the kings of it this year, I mean, winning 12 games and, and just kind of walking through the competition, except for that one game against Green Bay at Ford Field, where the, you know, kind of a little payback for the Packers. But I think the Lions are still the class of the division, and I, I can't believe this. That for the first time in the Super Bowl era, the Lions are the fourth lowest odds. They're 12 to 1, Greg. I thought it was crazy they were 10 to 1 to win the NFC and 20 or 22 to 1 to win the Super Bowl this year. I didn't think they were ready in year three. I knew that they would win the division. I, I predicted it. Said they'd win at least 11 games. They did at least one playoff game. They won two. 
But to me, the fact that the Lions were, were 22 to 1 to win it all when they hadn't won a playoff game since 1992, I know because I was there, was crazy. This coming season, yeah, you look at the Niners, you mentioned they're the favorites at, you know, five and a half to one. Chiefs, six and a half to one. They're going to be right in the mix as well. Ravens, I thought the Ravens should have been in the Super Bowl this year instead of Kansas City, the way that they were playing. Lamar Jackson was playing. They're nine to one, but the Lions are right there. You know, with the Bills and, and uh, you know, at 12 to 1 or so, based on the sports book. To me, I actually like that. I think the Lions are a valuable play because they, if they learn from what happened this year, improving the draft, which Holmes, Brad Holmes, the GM, has done every year with Dan Campbell, and Dan Campbell can learn to not go for it on every fourth down. This Lions team is going to be right in the mix again, Greg. And it was a hell of a ride this year. It, was, it really was something special that a lot of Lions fans that have been alive for as long as me, 40, 50 years, have not had a chance to really see. Yep, and both of us can relate here because you're a Lions fan. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. How much is it going to mean for whichever team is going to be able to get home field advantage when it comes to that NFC playoff slate? Because I look at the way that the Lions just completely packed the stadium for all those home games. As we know, Lambeau Field, always one of the more historic places in all football fans always come out and show out there. And I think it's just a big advantage if either of those teams are able to make a run in the playoffs. If they're able to get home field advantage, that gives them such a big edge. Oh, it's Greg. It's massive. And, and listen, let's be honest. I'm not going to dwell on past stuff, but I think the, the entire country knows the Lions got jobs in that Dallas game. If they had won that game. Yeah. We don't know how the San Fran Rams game in the final week would have played out necessarily, but the Lions could have been, you know, the number one seed. And these days, as people well know, if you're an NFL fan, there's only one seed that gets a buy these days, and that's the one. And if the you know if the NFC went through Ford Field this year or next year, or if the NFC somehow went through you know Lambeau Field uh, this this coming season, especially with the Packers' history there, Greg, as you well know, they've rarely lost. I remember that Michael Vick game, that first one of the first Saturday night wild card oh, games they ever played so in the history of the NFL. Oh. Yeah, that was that was. The first time the Packers had ever lost a playoff game at Lambeau Field. I'll never forget that. So it's such a, a distinct advantage, especially when you've got teams like San Francisco. Obviously, you know, like the, the Rams. The Rams, just a couple of years removed for the Super Bowl, they could be just right back on top with Matthew Stafford. Obviously, Green Bay with Jordan Love, the way he was able to be a rainstorm away, maybe for going to the Super Bowl this season or the NFC title game at least. And, you know, that that you home field advantage is so important in the NFL. Yeah, you could say that it matters in like a game seven in the NBA finals or the Stanley Cup finals, but not even close to what it matters in the National Football League. So, yeah, winning the Division A is the, obviously the goal for a Green Bay or a Detroit team, but then getting the highest seed possible and finding a way for it to go through Lambeau or go through Ford Field is such a huge thing that will give either of those teams a chance to, to you know, line shock the world and get to their first ever Super Bowl or Green Bay you know, in this year two of the love experiment, really get things going. Absolutely, and both of these teams have done a great job with their homegrown talent, so we shall see what they're able to do in the NFL draft in the coming months as well. The Packers, youngest team to be able to win a playoff game in north of 40 years, and with the Lions, I am picking up Sam Laporta, being able to reshape that defense, probably going to need a few more pieces there, but feels yeah. like it's on their way. As Got to get a pass rush, Greg. If they had a pass rush, be a much different... All the times they lost, they did not have a pass rush. All the times they did... They had a big pass rush. Hutchinson needs help on the edge. They get a pass rush and shore up a couple things in the secondary. The Lions are going to be very, very tough to beat, especially at home. Absolutely. So it's going to be really fun to see what we get in the NFC this upcoming season. And joining me on the show, we do have Dan Leach. Does great work over at DTMSquashPicks.com. Joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And I know that another team that you're taking a look at for those are fans of college football is Michigan because they win the national title. But as we know, it's going to be looking a little bit different for them these days. Jim Harbaugh, he is now going over to the Chargers, which I do think that they're a very interesting team out there in the AFC as well. But how do you just take a look at the landscape of really both teams affected? Now, Michigan having to go to life without Jim Harbaugh, but as we saw with the suspension, the team was able to still maintain without him. And now for the Chargers, they actually get a quarter, they actually get a coach for a very star quarterback that is not Brandon Staley, and I think that that's all the better for them. Yeah, by the way, make sure that the people follow me at Dan Leach DTM on Twitter because they can see me with my shirt off in a rapper's chain in the national title hey. game, as well as a lot of other great stuff, too. Uh, but listen, Greg, Harbaugh had every right and, and uh, you know desire and need and want to get to the NFL and get that you know pantheon, that holy grail of the Super Bowl like his brother does. 
I am totally okay with it. It's, it sucks. And a lot of my Michigan friends, been a Michigan fan my whole life. My dad went there. My grandpa went there. We've had the same season tickets for 70 years. It's tough to see him move on after winning the national title. But Jim Harbaugh did everything that I thought he wouldn't be able to do and more and got Michigan that first outright natty uh, since 1948. So that it was tough to see him go. But if you want to talk about continuity, and obviously you lose your quarterback at J.J. McCarthy, but you got Orgy coming in. you got a, a lot of talent and that Michigan will have for years going forward. Sharon Moore coached as, you know, Harbaugh missed as many games coaching as he as he was in. He six and six in the regular season. Sharon Moore was in charge of the team during the most important games, the Penn State game and the Ohio State game. It's the perfect transition, Greg. Obviously, you don't want to see Harbaugh leave, but if you're going to see the guy go, you want to keep the continuity there, and the, the guys love Sharon Moore. He's earned the right to lead this team. It was a no-brainer to me. In fact, they didn't name it as soon as Harbaugh Side the deal with with the Los Angeles Chargers. I was surprised, but they just obviously wanted to let it you know sit for a minute. So I could be happier there. But then when you look at Jim Harbaugh with the, with the Chargers working with Justin Herbert, you know obviously Staley couldn't get the job done there. But it, what a great situation for him to chase that ring to have a chance. The problem is you got Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, in the AFC. You got Pat, you know, you got Lamar Jackson in the AFC. It's going to be very tough for that Chargers team unless they really improve in the next few years to get to a Super Bowl. But with Jim Harbaugh there and what he did in Ann Arbor. Anything is possible, my friend. So while well, I, I wish him a do, and I'm, I'm sad that he's gone, I hope he does great there because he deserves it after how hard he worked and how, how, how almost he was gone from Ann Arbor where he just could be top 10 teams, could win the big games, 0-4 against Ohio State, flipped it around like very few ever have at any level of football, Greg, and to see him win the natty in person in Houston was just unbelievable. So I think he's got a great chance of taking the Chargers to heights they didn't think they'd be able to get to. And I think that it was one of those classic circumstances where the noise from the outside, it went too far and it warped a lot of people's opinion of Jim Harbaugh right. as well. Like, I hate to call it out, but Paul Feinbaum was the biggest Jim Harbaugh hater I had ever heard in my life. And anyone that was trying to be able to gobble that up, they were thinking that this guy had like no idea what he was doing when in reality has won every single place that he has went. We shall see if he's able to do so with the Chargers as well. But that is going to be certainly a quite a bit of a change for the Chargers in the positive for Michigan. They've got, in my opinion, something good in place. But you do need to take a look at Michigan basketball as well. As right now, the landscape has not been so great for them. But we're going to be talking about that with Dan Leach up next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSN experts have got you covered. Become a VSN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of being able to sign up for just $9.99. Subscribe today and you get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns for every single game. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe today. Sign up for just $9.99. That's over at vsin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by Dan Leach. He does tremendous work over at DTM Club. taking a look at a little bit of everything. I know that you do a great job when it comes to a few golf outright, taking a look at football, and I know you love taking a look at basketball. So let's hit a little college and a little bit of pro here. And first things first, broke this game down a little bit earlier on during the show, but I know you're a man out there in Michigan, and you've got the Wolverines currently find themselves as 16 to 16 and a half point underdogs against Illinois with a total of 153 and a half. And not sure if you played this or not, but I've essentially had to handicap this Michigan team two different ways when they're on the when they're on their home floor rather than on the road. Because right now that Doug McDaniel suspension, it's only for road games. I'm not sure I right. gauge this, but I mean, when you have a situation like this where you've got two different rosters essentially home to road, I feel like it's really hurting a Michigan team that really did not need to be hurt to begin with because it's been rough for them on defense all season. Well, Jimmy, let me tell you this. I got I got a rule that I made. It, it happened a long time ago this year. Do not ever bet on the Wolverines. So I've stayed. I mean, I might bet against them, but I, I've stayed away from that because they've been such a head-scratching, frustrating team. As great as that run to the national championship was for Michigan football, 
and it was awesome to be a part of it. I was at all the home games. I was in Houston. It was the best. It's been that bad. I mean, I guess you can't have it all. It's been that bad to watch this basketball team a couple years removed, a few years removed from a Final Four, and, and all the things that, that people thought were going to go well with Jawan Howard. You know, there's all these different, you know, rumors coming out. Is he going to make it? You know, there was rumors that came out that he was, you know, hitting straight coaches. It's been just a bad situation. You mentioned that Doug McDaniel, who's a great player, not being able to play on the road, which is, you know, just ridiculous. And it's completely changed the way that they're able to play on the road. They have, I mean, the, the, way, the fact that Michigan was able to make Wisconsin look silly, I have no idea how that happened. But there's just something wrong with this team. That, you know, obviously they lose uh, Hunter Dickinson. His Kansas team didn't have a fun night at all against Texas Tech. And it's just not, it's not what we've been used to in Ann Arbor the last several years. You know, obviously John Beeline before he left, uh, you know, and then of course when Juwan Howard took over. And, you know, I, I looked at that line, I'm like, is there is there value in Michigan? And then I looked at Nebraska over the weekend, what they did there, and I, I said, no. No value whatsoever, Craig. I mean, they got their, their absolute butts waxed by Nebraska, who's not a terrible team, but they're not a great team. And now they're going to play an Illinois team, a top 15 team in the country. Michigan historically has, you know, struggled at Illinois in that arena. So I'm obviously staying away from this game. But, boy, I just wish that Michigan basketball had a pulse. The good news is they're a little better than the Detroit Titans. That's good. Yeah, with the Detroit Titans. If they don't get a win on Wednesday against IUPUI, a.k.a. Old Iwi Man, they might actually go winless this year. They and Mississippi Valley State right now, the dregs of college basketball. And these are two teams that are not dregs in college basketballs. We've got ourselves a nice matchup between Iowa State and Cincinnati. Cincinnati could really use a big win for the resume. And they've went from being the underdog in this game to being a one and a half point favorite. Totals between 136 and we're seeing this get back to the opener of 137. Want to get your thoughts here because both of these teams really hang their hat on defense. And what I really do like here is the under with the way that Cincinnati hits the boards and Iowa State really generates turnovers. Yeah, no, listen, I I, I like the under as well, but I am not. Cincinnati, you know, I, I love what they did against Houston. They kept that game close. They've obviously, you know, been a good team at home, but I'm not buying into this where you look at an Iowa State team that I think is better overall defensively that I think is better, you know, overall offensively. And, you know, it's been very tough for in any conference to win games on the road. I mean, look at the Big 12. It's been basically impossible even for some of the bad teams to, you know, are good, you know, really good teams against bad teams to win games on the road. So I understand that late, you know, in, in a college basketball regular season. But I love the fact that Iowa State's getting points. And I think that Iowa State's going to go in there. And Cincinnati, you know, they just had that nice game against Houston where they hung in there to the end. Low-scoring game, which is why I'm with you as well on the under. But I think that that took a lot out of them. And I think that Iowa State's going to go in there, not that they have nothing to lose or anything like that, like if it's playing with house money. But I think Iowa State is a great play tomorrow. You're getting points with a team that I clearly think is better. I know it's it's tough to go on the road, as I mentioned, but I like Iowa State plus the one and a half. And you might see this line go to, you know, two, two and a half at some point. Yep, absolutely. And when it comes to Iowa State, if we can get back to a two, because we've been seeing a lot of twos out there, that's really my buy point on them as well, as Iowa State has been a little bit different on the road rather than at home because... Magic, it is very much a good home court environment, but I do think that this is going to be one of the more fun games that we do see sure. on Tuesdays. Joining me on the show, a fun guy in Dan Leach. He is joining the me right here. Fun. Yes, sir. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa the Sports Bank Network. Does great work over at DTM Club. And Dan, let's take a look at a little NBA, a little bit of NBA action as well, because I know that out there in the great state of Michigan, you've got the Detroit Pistons who hit the hardwood, which... The straight-up wins have not been coming for the Pistons too much, though they did have a triumph about a week or so ago against the Portland Trailblazers, but they've actually been covering quite a few numbers recently, and now they find themselves as 11-point underdogs against the Lakers. How do you take a look at this game with the Lakers team? That, let's call it what it is. It's certainly not the struggles of the Pistons, but they've been having their issues ever since the uh, in-season tournament as well. Yeah, listen, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, it's not a great time to be a basketball guy in, in the state of Michigan no. weather. I mean, obviously, the Spartans are, you know, hanging in and, and have a chance to make the tournament. Michigan's been awful. The Titans are winless. The Pistons have the record-tying longest losing streak in NBA history. It's not been a great time for the round ball here, Greg, in, in the very proud basketball state of Michigan. But I'll tell you this about the Pistons. You mentioned the, you know, the great cover numbers recently. I believe it's three of the last uh, five 
that the Pistons have covered, and they've had great cover numbers since that losing streak ended. And obviously, they made some moves, got rid of Bodon. And, you know, you look at Cade Cunningham coming back from injury, and Jaden Ivey, and Jalen Duran, and Ossar Thompson. And this is the youngest team in the NBA. I think that they're playing their hearts out. And they're, they're catching. I mean, the, the win over the Sacramento Kings last week was one of the prouder moments I've had watching the Pistons in a while. I'm not saying that, you know, you take moral wins when the season's lost. But they they played their asses off of that game. And then they were, you know, down huge against Portland. And what was it, 23 in the third quarter? Came all the way back and won that game the next time out. You're going to see, they're not going to win many games, Greg. But you're going to see incredible fight from now a team that knows what play, pieces are going to be around it. And they're catching 11 against the Lakers team, which is clearly better. But like you mentioned, since that in-season tournament win, and they, they could have looked better during that, and obviously played a great game in the championship against the Pacers, they've just not looked like themselves. And I think that when you're getting double digits in a game where the Lakers know they're probably going to win, and it's not like that much of a, you know, it's like they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks or the Denver Nuggets or the Clippers or a team like that. The Pistons, even if they don't play their best game, they can still, late in the game, catch a couple threes here and, you know, a couple Laker turnovers when the game's not in doubt and cover this spread. And to be honest, the way the business are playing, I would be shocked. I'm not saying they're going to, but I would be shocked if they went in there and won this game. Now, I just like the 11, 11 and a half points. I think you're going to get some great play out of Cade Cunningham. I think Jalen Duran is going to be good in the post. And I think, to me, the way the Pistons are playing on this West Coast swing, maybe when they get back, you know, that, that laissez-faire that normally happens when you come back an East Coast team for a West Coast trip, you maybe stay away from them. But until this West Coast trip is over, I'm buying on the Pistons, and i like them to cover the 11 or 11 and a half tomorrow night. Yeah, this Pistons team has actually been a really good cover team recently as well. To your point, the straight-up wins have not necessarily been able to come, right. but these guys have not quit on the season. That's all uh, you can ask for a very, very young team like the Pistons, and we've got about 90 seconds left. Anything else with regards to either the college or the pro betting boards that you're going to be taking a look at and you're going to be firing in on? Yeah, I got, I got two things for you. Listen, I, all, I love I love what Butler's able, been able to do at times at home. I mean, uh, you know what the kind of team they are uh, at Mackey, and, and that's great. Marquette's won seven games in a row. Marquette's laid four and a half. I, I know that you know late season conference road games can be tough. I am all about Marquette going into Butler and, and giving that revenge from earlier this year when Butler beat them in their own building. So I'm looking at that game. I, I wouldn't take anything more than four and a half. But then in the NBA, I love it's been a great angle this year where you have teams like Milwaukee and a big win over the Denver Nuggets this, you know, last night. And then they come back home and they play a team in Miami, like, you know, kind of not, not a, a top four or five team, but a team that's, you know, above clearly above average. And you're getting eight, eight and a half points right now. I've been playing games like this all year long, and it's been very, very successful to go against that team that just had the big win against a good team like the Denver Nuggets, the defending champs. So I like the Miami Heat plus the eight or eight and a half against the Bucks coming up later tonight as well. And what I love is getting you aboard, Dan. You do such a good job taking a look at a little bit of everything, everything from basketball, golf, football, so much more. And you join the network quite a bit and always do a great job when you do. I always appreciate it. Thank you. Too kind. A flavor for everyone. 31 flavors, my friend. Absolutely. And fortunately, in college basketball, you've got 362. That's how many Division I college basketball teams there are. And to wrap up the show, we're going to get you guys our first round of 32 beer review bracket matchup along with my DK Network right to pick on college basketball here on the Great Beers and Experience. I'm Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bet if your first bet loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code of VSIN when you sign up. That is V-S-I-N because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here for the final segment of the night, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa the Sports Bank Network. If you're listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience, coming up next, you get a replay of this fine program. Meanwhile, if you are listening to the replay, you get Follow the Money. That is coming up at 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern. The guys are going to do a tremendous job of getting you guys set for what is going to be a tremendous Tuesday. And I believe that we've got some guests hosts in this week i believe we've got a sports gambling podcast network takeover of follow the money this week so that's going to be a lot of fun i know that ryan kramer sean green those two guys do an absolutely tremendous job they're going to be throwing out there some great takes when it comes to the nba front i know that sean does a great job there i know that ryan he's going to be doing a great job taking a look at some futures they are going to have you guys covered it's going to be absolutely tremendous and my job now is to get you to follow the money safely, hopefully with a little bit more cash in pocket as well with my DK Network write-up. And we have to get you guys some beer reviews as well to be able to celebrate what was a tremendous Super Bowl and what's been a really good run thus far with regards to the DK Network write-up picks that we're going to look to ride all the way through March. And then once we get into the baseball season, through the baseball season as well, and the round of 32 in the beer review bracket is now set in. We've got the results of our first matchup here on Hoops on Hops. got 32 by the way really really good breweries in this round of 32 it was Rogue going up against Abita and the reason why I started out with this matchup is that for many of you guys listening live it is now Tuesday and it is Mardi Gras and they've got a beer by the name of Mardi Gras got a 7.2 out of 10 from me it's a little bit of a different beer it's a Maybach so that's a little bit of a different take on a Bach and in my opinion it had a little bit of a soapy aftertaste which is why it did go downward a little bit with regards to the score it actually has a really nice body and initially it was one that was leaning a little bit more towards an eight on but the little bit of the after finish that did hurt it a little bit but Abita they do make some very, very good beer. Their amber lager actually got like a 10 out of 10 
from me. Meanwhile, it is Rogue, the seven seed against the two seed Abita, being a bluffy upset as they went with the Colossal Claude, an Imperial 8.2% alkali volume veer. And it was one that I really enjoyed. For the Colossal Claude, it has some really nice, like, sweet notes, but it doesn't necessarily go overboard with Imperials. I always do think that the Imperial IPA, rather than some of the more, shall we say, bitter IPAs, they do a good job of just being able to balance out in general. This was one that I really did enjoy in Rogue. They have now won two separate matchups. They're going to be able to try to make a nice round here. And the Citra Hops, it does get them through into the round of 16. They are the first brewery to be able to clinch their ticket there. So we shall see who they're going to be going up against. As they're going to be facing off against the winner of New Belgium versus Three Floyds. Talk about a Herculean matchup there. I hear that... For New Belgium, they are going to be throwing out the original Voodoo Ranger. Not one of the 27 varieties, the original Voodoo Ranger. So you have that to be able to look forward to. And what we've got to look forward to in terms of college basketball is some really good action on this Tuesday. 25 games in total. The big boys are out. And let's take a look at my write-up pick here involving the early game on the card. This is 601-602. Butler, they are going to be playing us a Marquette. Marquette opens up as a three-point favorite. Now they are in most places a four and a half point favorite. I'm seeing some fours out there as well. Total on this game, it is anywhere between 153 and a half and 154. And right a pick here is going to be on that home underdog of Butler. These two teams met up a little bit earlier on the season. And Marquette, they got completely punked on their home floor by Butler. They lost that game in which they just could not bury a three to save their lives. And while I do think that Marquette is going to do much better than shooting sub 20% from three-point range, they won five of 31 from three-point range that first time around. I don't think that's going to be as big of an improvement as many might be anticipating as this is a Butler defense that's completely transformed at home rather than in a road or neutral court environment. As we are looking at my DK Network right up for this Tuesday on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa the Sports Bank Network and going to those Butler home and road splits, they are giving up 13.5 points fewer for one-arm possessions when they are at home rather than when they are away from home. And a face-off against a Marquette team that it hasn't necessarily been the world's greatest three-point shooting team. They're right around about 110th with regards to their three-point shooting percentage, shooting just a hair below 35.5% from three-point, so relatively on par with this Butler team. But the problem is for Marquette, they just aren't the same defense as well when they leave home as well. Marquette giving up 9.1 points more per one-hour possessions in a road or neutral court environment rather than at home. They're 41st overall in the country. It turns the points a lot on a per-possession basis, but they do get gashed a little bit more from three-point range when they do leave home, and they are allowing opponents to shoot about 32.3% from three-point range at home. That goes a little bit north of 35% when they're away from home, and they go up against the Butler squad that, while they're not necessarily a supreme rebounding team, they're in the neighborhood about 155th in the country with regards to rebound rate. They are going to have that advantage down low. Other than Oso Ogadero, who's been very solid, block and a half, seven rebounds per contest for this Marquette team. They don't have anyone else that really provides you with north of five and a half rebounds per game, despite the fact that Marquette is going to have the best facilitator out there. And Tyler Kolick, seven assists, five boards, 17 plus points per contest, and shoots it relatively well from three-point range. You just have overall a little bit more well-roundedness when it comes to this Butler team. Four separate guys that give you at least 11 points per contest and a good facilitator of their own, Posh Alexander. Alexander doesn't have the offensive game that Kolick does, but he gives out five and a half assists per game. He generates 2.4 steals per game, and he does a really good job of just being able to find guys in space. That's a big reason why you've got your top two scorers in DJ Davis, Pierre Brooks. Combined to shoot about 40% from three-point range between the two of them, about 30.6 points per contest. Meanwhile, Jamal Telford, he shoots 85%, the charity stripe 35% from three with his 14.5 points per game as well. And for Butler, the balance of rebounding has been very good for the team as well. Among your top six scores, five of them do give you at least 4.3 rebounds per game. So while you've got a Butler team that's only about 155th with regards to rebound rate, Marquette, they're more around 225th. I think that that's going to be very prevalent, and I do think that that's going to be quite big in this ordeal. And when it comes to Butler, this team late in games, they hit their free throws. They are a top 10 team in all of college basketball in terms of their free throw shooting percentage. And you really don't have a lot of guys that you can follow that really are a liability at the free throw line. Other than Andre Screen, the true seven-footer that they have that they've brought in 
for Bucknell has been able to give them five rebounds per game. Past that, Darnier, everyone is able to knock down their free throws. And I do think that for Butler, while they're not going to shoot the 10 of 22 from three-point range that they did the first time around, they're also not going to turn the ball over, in my opinion, as much as they did the first time around. And that is a big part of this matchup as well. Marquette, one of the best teams in the country at generating turnovers. They are 11th in the country in terms of turnovers for us on a per-possession basis. But Butler, last time around, when they played on January 10th, a game that they won 69-62, to 62, they had 18 turnovers in that game. That up from their season average of 10.5 turnovers per game. If you're looking on a per-possession basis, Butler 30th in the country in terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis. I do think that they're going to be able to clean that up a little bit here. I do think that Butler is going to be able to do a better job in the turnover battle. That allows them to be able to win their game at Hinkle Fieldhouse. I did have to submit this right up prior to money lines being available, so I just gave out Butler plus four, plus four and a half. That said, I feel like Butler should be able to win this game outright. I am on Butler in this spot. That is my DK Network right up pick in. With regards to Soto, I do feel like the Soto has went a little bit too far as well. This is a Marquette squad that has been pretty solid with regards to their defense. Butler significantly better on defense at home rather than in a roadside search court environment. And for Marquette, they really have slowed things down. This year, they're about 172nd in the country in terms of total possessions per game. So I'm going to be diving in on the under and my write-up. That is going to be on Butler. Personally, I like them on the money line. I also like getting plus four, plus four and a half, which you're going to see in that write-up as well. And then how about if we close up shop with a nice battle out there in the Big East where I do feel like the totals went just a little bit too low. 621, 622 on the board. It is Virginia. They play us to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is an underdog of six points. In your total on this game, it is between 122 and 122 and a half. Not that I think that you're going to be seeing both teams get to 80 or anything like that, but I'm going to be willing to take a look at the over because I do agree with the bookmakers. I was seeing a 6.5 out there, was willing to take Pittsburgh at a 6.5 or more. I feel like this should be about a 6-point game. I did set Virginia as a 6-point favorite, and you know what happens when a game is a 6-point differential with a minute remaining? Fouls, and lots of them. And this Pittsburgh squad, while they've been able to do a tremendous job with regards to their defense, they're a top 45 team with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. They are a squad that they can be a little bit susceptible more when they're on the road rather than when they are at home. And now they have to face off against a Virginia team that's much better with their offense when they're in their friendly confines. Virginia averaging more than 15 points more per one arm possessions at home rather than in a road slash record environment. And for Virginia, if they're not generating turnovers and they go up against the Pittsburgh team that is in the top 30 with regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis, it does cause for some volatility with regards to this defense as well. So I did set my total 124. I'm going to be liking the over in this spot. And with Virginia, I did set them as a six-point favorite as well. So if we can get back to a six and a half with Pittsburgh, like I was seeing earlier, going to be willing to take those points. And what we're taking a look at at 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific time, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern, is follow the money right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.